So now we're going to go to the audience question. We have a question from Vanit uh, uh, Aziz. He says that, hello, Professor Majidi. Thank you for returning on the podcast. And I'm very interested in the future of intelligence soft robotics in human rehabilitation, especially with the sensitive skin technology um, your lab have, has developed. For example, uh, thermosensitive semi-rigid knee braces, 100% soft, sweet and uh, with soft actuator and nerveless uh, with fully sensitive skin. He asks us, what else do you see in the future of this intersection and what are the challenges that still needed to be overcome? Which researchers or lab do you feel are making the biggest strides in soft robotics for rehabilitation in, in robotics? And thank you for again. A very good question, and then kind of a, a you know a lot there. Um, so I'll do my best to. I don't know that I, if if I can answer all the questions, but you know I'll, I'll you know certainly do my best. So um, the I mean the field of, of you know rehabilitation robotics is is uh, you know quite quite rich, uh, and it's not something that I'm directly involved uh, in. So I can't really comment on you know the labs that you know are, are really kind of. You know, necessarily leaders uh, in the field, um, only just because that there's so many different facets of, of rehabilitation that, um, you know, if I, if I just, you know, give an answer just from, you know, one, you know, from a soft robotics perspective, uh, you know, I, I don't think that would really kind of do justice uh, to, to the field. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, and I just want to kind of recognize that, you know, there's plenty of, you know, larger research groups that kind of work in this domain, but there's also, you know, small research labs uh, that also kind of uh, are that, that are very active and you know and, and um, you know it's not it's a bit of apples and oranges to you know compare um, you know basically the impact of, of all these different groups um, but um, you know the you know the overall kind of idea of, of applying soft robotics uh, to human rehabilitation and even going beyond that just to, to you know more broadly human motor assistance um, I think is is a really excellent um, mm. uh, use of these uh, technologies. Um, and, um, and it also kind of ties into the, this theme uh, that, um, that or this initiative that we're starting at Carnegie Mellon on symbiotic systems or kind of machines uh, and wearables that uh, can, can uh, you know, function in a manner in harmony with, with the human body. Um, and so th there's a lot of different approaches. I, I would not say that, you know, these technologies necessarily have to be all soft. You know, I think there's a lot of really clever techniques of using kind of, you know, more rigid materials or inexpensive uh, materials or fabrics uh, that can be comfortably worn uh, on the body. Um, and um, and so, you know, so, so I, you know, I, 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 I can't like really, you know, say that the future of, of you know, rehabilitation robotics or these, you know, wearable exos or whatever is going to be, you know, all soft. I think it's in all likelihood probably going to be a blend. Of, of you know soft and rigid materials, soft uh, to ensure kind of conform uh, uh, conformity to the skin and comfort. But you will have to have you know rigid materials or at least rigidity tuning materials that can support load uh, loads. Um, so load bearing materials and also materials that can exert force uh, and, um, uh, and and perform mechanical work. That's a good point. Yeah, and we have a question from uh, Suhad Fezan. Uh, he said that we often see that soft robotics demonstration which visit uh, the PCB modules and bulky uh, accessories. What are your thoughts about integrating flexible uh, complementary metal uh, uh, oxide uh, silicon electrons uh, for the theme? And organics doesn't have bar performance of that uh, out of the picture in the near future. So that's his question. Um, yeah, and, and I would say as with a lot of, 
different uh, projects and research stress within soft robotics. I mean, there are you know very practical solutions uh, that are good enough, um, uh, and then there is also uh, kind of more um, kind of visionary types of approaches that you know might not be practical for years or decades to come. And I think you know soft electronics is, is you know a great great example of that, right? I mean, you know, there's, there's plenty that can be done with miniaturized kind of uh, rigid uh, electronics, uh, you know, more traditional uh, PCBs. I mean, you know, there's also, you know, uh, you know, really kind of uh, uh, great advancements and kind of highly flexible and thin film uh, electronics. Um, and and so yeah, I think that practically speaking, I mean, if you're talking about you know getting a commercial product out mm -hmm. there, or, uh, you know, you know, putting something you know uh, into into to a wearable device that could be used for say like patient monitoring or, or you know wearable. Uh, wireless health monitoring, um, then sure, yeah, I think, uh, you know, flex, uh, flex PCBs um, and, and kind of a lot of these kind of more conventional type, type materials are probably good enough. I mean, um, but I mean, I, I think in academia, there's a lot of value in just kind of, you know, you know, pushing as you know, hard as you can and, and going as far as you can go uh, with, with novel materials uh, mm -hmm. where you just tell yourself, hey, listen, we're just going to basically not use PCBs at all, or we're not going to use microelectronics and see and, and just find uh, find out what it is you can do uh, with uh, materials that are intrinsically soft and stretchable, and you know could be used for wiring or sensing or, or even uh, digital logic. Mm -hmm. um, but from a near term, I, I haven't kind of encountered um, problems in engineering um, um, in practice where it was essential that you got rid of your you know your silicon-based microchip. I mean, usually. Uh, it's, it's, you know, these electronics are so small and, you know, just so compact and, and well packaged that, that usually you can kind of mount those to, to your uh, soft robotic device and then, you know, it doesn't really impair the, the, the kind of flexibility or deformability of the overall system. Yeah. And we have a question also, uh, you say that uh, there's no name, but uh, in cases where the robot is mimicking a biological system, a human hand being the obvious example, even if you initially imitate the sensing and forces and texture and softness that are used uh, by biological system, the material still uh, don't currently have similar self-healing properties to those seen in biological system. And as the material degrades, it changes the relationship between the force that being applied and the feedback the system is getting. Is this something that anybody is looking at the moment uh, for this trade-offs? Uh, yes, I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, groups right now are doing really exciting work on self-healing uh, uh, soft materials. Um, uh, you know, these are just you know, kind of more passive elastic materials and or, or materials that are also electrically conductive. Um, so, you know, there, there's been a lot of really good work uh, in that, and I and I think that um, that that problem should to some extent be be solved. Um, I mean, if it hasn't already, I mean, it will soon be. Um, so, so yes, I mean that that's kind of one um, you know one approach uh, to, to addressing that is through self healing. Um, I, I, you know, there, there's also um, you know been work done in the past, and I and I think there's kind of you know opportunities for continued work on materials are just that are just have very high fracture toughness. Um, mm -hmm. So materials that are very soft um, and you know and, and can be engineered to be electrically conductive, but are also just kind of resistant. Uh, to to kind of puncture or you know impact or scratching or, or tearing um, um, and so they don't even necessarily need to have a, a self-healing uh, property uh, and, and then regarding uh, you know the question about you know the properties of the system changing over time uh, yes I mean that's 
you know, traditionally con considered a bad thing uh, within within robotics. Um, mm -hmm. However, uh, you know, like I you know, mentioned before, um, uh, I think this also represents an opportunity to uh, you know explore non-stationarity uh, and and uh, and and coming up with ways or algorithms so that your system can kind of in an autonomous way kind of adapt. Uh, to changes in its kind of uh, intrinsic properties over time. Um, and again, you know, th this is a feature of, of biological organisms as well. Um, uh, and so that, that's kind of a, um, you know, I, I think something, you know, this question of non-stationary is, is also interesting, going to be interesting to explore. Uh, and then, of course, I mean, uh, you know, something that, you know, people not within the software box community, but outside have kind of brought up uh, is, and the reason they're attracted to the soft robotics uh, is that for the most part, it does involve materials that are uh, fairly inexpensive. And mm -hmm. so the idea is that, yeah, if it kind of wears out over time, you just go ahead and replace it. That's something you can you know, do easier with these you know, polymers and soft materials would be a little bit more difficult sometime with, uh, with, with materials that are kind of more precision engineered or, you know, involve kind of, uh, you know, more rigid uh, coding. So, so that, that's kind of another, uh, you know, option there that I think is, is also promising for, for a lot of cases. 